0: Global Business News, 24 hours a day, at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. New lows for stocks on this Friday, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all declining. Stocks slipping back into their three-week-old funk after racing a rally. As comments from Fed Reserve Vice Chairman Stanley Fisher boosted speculation that interest rates could rise as soon as next month. We've got the Dow down 100 points now, declining 5 tenths of 1 percent to 18,348. The S&P 500 index down 10 to 21.62, a drop of 5 tenths of 1 percent. NASDAQ is down 3 tenths of 1 percent. The 10-year down 1332 seconds, yield there 1.62 percent. Gold little change, down 20 cents now, 13.21 the ounce. Crude, West Texas Intermediate, up 30 cents now, up 6 tenths of 1 percent to 47 dollars I'm Charlie Pallet. That's the Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox, live from the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium on Bloomberg Radio.
1: The Jackson Hole Symposium, yes, and the Grand Teton National Park. Two things that are intertwined this week and here to tell us more about Grand Teton National Park is Andrew White. He is the Assistant Public Affairs Officer, and he joins us from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Andrew White, thank you very much for being with us.
2: Thanks for having me, Penn.
1: Let's begin by just taking a a step back. This is the 100th, or yesterday was the 100th anniversary of the National Park Service. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about how you came to be part of the Park Service and what that means to you.
2: Sure. So my personal story started about, uh, well, really it started about 20 years ago. As a as a child coming out and visiting national parks at Grand Teton uh, with my parents, it was always the big family vacation thing, you know, load up the, the van and visit the national parks. Six years ago, I was lucky enough to be invited to be an intern at Grand Teton National Park, actually as a ranger interpreter out in the field, visiting with visitors, talking about the park resources and, and really helping them understand what they were seeing.
1: Now, if you were in the park uh, today or even yesterday as someone out in the field, uh, you'd be talking about wildfires. Because I understand that uh, if you take a look at the uh, lake, Jackson Lake, if you're on the shore of Jackson Lake in the Grand Teton National Park, you're going to see the Berry Fire. Tell us the extent of fires right now in the park.
2: Yeah, so... Part of our centennial celebration, I guess, is nature's throwing us a little party with a a wildfire. Some people put candles on the birthday cake, but we're having a wildfire. Um, It was caused by lightning back uh, in July, actually, and it had been burning in remote wilderness areas of the park for a number of weeks. And then this past weekend, a significant wind event came and actually carried it across Jackson Lake and uh, closed Highway 89, which is the main artery connecting Grand Teton and Yellowstone National Park. So it certainly created some some degree of... Uh, travel difficulties for folks trying to connect the two parks, but both of the parks are open, and we encourage people to, to certainly celebrate the centennial in either Yellowstone or Grand Teton National Parks as most of our visitor areas are open.
1: Is there any relationship to the ability to keep the park, uh, in its, uh, in its uh, high condition and to deal with these ongoing natural events like the, the wildfires as you described? Is the, is the challenge also that the funding is, is an issue?
2: Well, not really. When we talk about wildfire, uh, part of managing a national park is, is managing and protecting the natural processes. And wildfire, like the berry fire that was, that was caused by lightning, um, is a natural process. And where, where we can allow it to continue to, to play its natural role in the ecosystem, we want it to continue to play that role. You know, wildfire will re- renew a landscape. Um, it creates new wildlife habitat. Um, some trees and plants actually depend on wildfire to, to regenerate. Um, so where, where we can, we certainly allow those fires to burn and um, want them to play their, their natural role. Now, when it comes into more developed areas, that's when we have to take suppression action. So this is kind of a complex fire where in some areas we might be suppressing it or containing it. In other areas, we want it to to burn into the wilderness and and play its role.
1: I understand that there's a lot of deferred maintenance, though, in the whole national park service, not just obviously we're talking about the the Teton National Park. Uh, You've got corporate sponsorships. How do you uh, sort of manage uh, the corporate sponsorships as as well as any of the funding issues uh, that might affect your ability to do your job as best you can?
2: Sure, uh, Pim. So we have a $222 million maintenance backlog just here at Grand Teton National Park, uh, which is obviously significant. Most of that is in roads, utility systems, buildings, uh, all that require maintenance and are overdue for that maintenance. Um, one of the ways that we, we can help um, remedy some of that is through private philanthropy. We have a very significant partner here, the Grand Teton National Park Foundation, uh, which helps us really provide that margin of survival and that margin of excellence when it comes to funding. Actually, tonight... We're going to be celebrating the end of a $14 million capital campaign that they've undertook um, to help renew the Ginny Lake area, which is the most visited area in Grand Teton National Park. Uh, they also help us with a number of education programs and wildlife research. Um, and right now they're actually helping fundraise for uh, private inholding, or actually a, a piece of land that's owned by the state of Wyoming um, that we would like to acquire for, for national park lands, and they're helping fundraise for that. Uh, so private philanthropy is definitely a big piece. Of uh, funding in the national parks. Well, just to put
1: this into perspective, I understand that funding for the national parks is less than a tenth of a percent of overall federal spending. And to your point about donations from the private sector, uh, David Rubenstein of uh, the Carlisle Group, he gave about $7.5 million to shore up the earthquake uh, Washington Monument in Washington, D.C., and also uh, nearly $20 million to restore the Lincoln Memorial. What do you say to people that may want to get involved in helping to maintain and refurbish our National Park Service?
2: Absolutely, and David Rubenstein's a great example of that. There are a number of friends groups throughout the National Park Service. Many of the bigger uh, national parks at Grand Teton or Yellowstone will have foundations devoted specifically to that uh national park there's also the national park foundation that works on a national scale um so folks can definitely get involved with the national park foundation um and i would say that the the national parks are a great investment um for every 10 dollars or excuse me um for every 1 dollar that's spent on operations in the national park service uh, we return 10 dollars to the local economy in fact in 2015 visitors to Grand to national park Sp- Grand Teton National Park spent $560 million um, in the the gateway communities in this area. So it's certainly an economic boon for local communities.
1: I want to thank you very much for spending time with us, and happy birthday to the National Park Service. Andrew White is the Assistant Public Affairs Officer of Grand Teton National Park, joining us from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And uh, if you want, there is a photograph of uh, Mr. White stepping from his 2015 Subaru Outback donated to the Grand Teton National Park last year by the National Park Foundation and Subaru of America on their National Park Service website. This is Bloomberg. Coming up on Taking Stock, a conversation with Jim Bullard. He is the president and the chief executive of the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. He'll discuss the current economy and the Federal Reserve's thinking about interest rates.